what up what up folks what's going on welcome to episode 99 the last double digit episode ever in the history of the spun today podcast i'm your host tony ortiz thank you very much for listening if you want to help support the podcast, you can do so by shopping on Amazon, which you already do. But instead of going to Amazon.com, go to SpunToday.com, which is my website, and click on the affiliate links tab. There you'll find an Amazon banner. When you click on that Amazon banner, it takes you to Amazon, to their website, which you were going to anyway, and you do your shopping like you normally do. It does not cost you anything extra except for a couple extra clicks of the mouse, and it helps support the podcast. In this episode, I speak about North Korea and South Korea peace talks, watching John Mulaney's new comedy special, Kid Gorgeous. Then I also speak about watching seasons two of the shows Sneaky Pete on Amazon and Atlanta on FX. I also speak about Childish Gambino's latest music video, This Is America. And lastly, I round out the show by sharing a clip from the American Experience PBS documentary that resonated with me. Stick around, there's a ton of good shit on this episode. All right, so North Korea and South Korea. They've been angry with each other for a very long time. They've been at war, at a ceasefire, but at war since 1953 and now you see kim jong-un from north korea and the korean uh south korean president president moon jae-in like holding hands and smiling and raising each other's hands up like each of them both just won a ufc title match and it seemingly came out of nowhere i mean i don't know if i missed something but the last thing I remember is Trump calling Kim Jong-un rocket man or rocket boy or some shit like that and antagonizing him and North Korea uh, doing their version of by testing like missiles and uh, nuclear carrying capable warheads off their coast and they're just being like a shitload of tension in that area because they're they wouldn't they didn't have the capacity to reach the United States with a nuclear a nuclear missile, but you know North Korea uh, South Korea is right there and South Korea is an ally of the U.S. and they would you know be blown to smithereens if some crazy shit happened. Then this, out of nowhere. Now I don't I don't want to say that. You know, Trump deserves credit for this somehow because mainly because I don't know. And both sides say the exact opposite thing. On the right, they say that Trump was directly involved in this and, you know, negotiated, you know, this or co-brokered this uh, peace treaty type of thing that seems to be going on. Then on the left, they say that he had absolutely, utterly nothing to do with this. It's just dumb luck that it happened, you know, while he's in office. And I don't know. I don't know which side is is full of shit, which side isn't. And odds are, you know, maybe it's someplace in the middle. 
And I don't know who like the peer mediator is here. You know, is it the UN? Is it like uh, some sort of special governing council um, yeah, in Congress that like oversees this, you know, has a jurisdiction over the, this type of shit to be able to say, you know, these are the actual facts of what's going on. I don't know. And to be honest, I haven't looked like that deeply into it either. But what I do know is that it seems to be a positive thing. But I'm skeptical at the same time. It's kind of like, wait a second, you were just, Kim Jong-un, was you were just like threatening, you know, nuclear war pretty much and, you know, measuring dicks with Trump and like getting at each other and shit. And now all of a sudden, after damn near 60 something years, you're, you call a truce with South Korea the ally of the u.s it's kind of like i don't know it's fucking weird but if it's legit if it's true it's a positive thing you know for the world for fucking mankind for those like people that that live in north korea and are so insulated and live a hermit-like existence and are not not just that they're like technologically not advanced but it's that they've been like mentally conditioned and poisoned to according to u.s propaganda of course (laughs) to believe in this a dear leader supreme being uh you know family bloodline type of thing of the jungoons and he's a sick fuck that you know killed his uncle because he, he thought that maybe his uncle tried to uh, do a coup on on his dictatorship and his cousins and fed them to dogs and like he's a, a sick fuck when he gives speeches people are scared to be the last one or the first one to stop clapping because then that person gets arrested or some crazy shit it's like a sick place a sick that's the f- how do you fuck up the psychology of an entire country and everyone in it it's kind of nuts but it's a positive thing for those people, you know what I mean? There are talks, um, uh, f- for example, the South Korean government estimates that it'll take around $500 billion, billion with a B, to rebuild North Korea, to rebuild their economy. There's going to be a lot of interest in that. There's going to be a lot of countries, a lot of companies, private companies interested in investing and rebuilding the country and their infrastructure and you know everything from fucking soup to nuts i would imagine they need there uh there's an example the south korean i read this in an article the south korean uh president um moon he said that he wanted to see uh this like mountain this like famous mountain in north korea that he wanted to go visit it and obviously he hasn't because you know countries haven't been speaking to each other in 60 years and um uh kim jong-un said that he was embarrassed to take him there because the the travel accommodations were so shitty and he would be embarrassed to take the south the south uh korean president over there and he said that he praised um south korea's high-speed railroad so that like shows you like such like a poverty stricken country like where they're like coming from like the angle that they're coming at it's like i guess sanctions and and 
just kind of like bleeding them dry type of thing. Not bleeding them dry, but like from a world economy standpoint, like there's a few countries that would fuck with North Korea, like, you know, China, Russia, Iran, maybe. Um, but they've been like the world outcast, you know what I mean? And I guess it's caught up to them. But hopefully, like I said, hopefully it is a positive thing. Hopefully it is uh, rebuilding uh, for the future. Uh, it's uh, hopefully a positive thing for their people. I know Hyundai is a South Korean uh, car company. They were um, like running estimates on on uh, building a a plant in North Korea, a plant or two or something like that in North Korea, which would be dope, you know. So you get stuff started. Also, they released the uh, three prisoners that were in North Korea, uh, I believe South Koreans, that were prisoners in North Korea serving 10 years of hard labor. That was their sentence. 10 years of hard labor. And it was for suspected espionage. And one of the dudes was a businessman. And two others were professors at Pyongyang University. Were they really spies? Who the fuck knows? I definitely don't. But it's also not far-fetched to envision a scenario where Kim Jong-un gets wind of these two professors that, you know, seem kind of left or liberal-leaning and teaching Western ways of certain things and a businessman, you know, doing the same thing or his version of within the business world. And just writing them off as fucking spies and instead of feeding them to dogs like he did his uncle and cousins, fucking sentencing them to 10 years of hard labor. What a sick fuck. But yeah, anyway, hopefully those talks result in positive things. John Mulaney's comedy special was very funny. His latest special is available on Netflix. It's called Kid Gorgeous. And I had not seen... I've heard the name before because there's a lot of like comic names that I hear because I listen to a lot of uh, comedian podcasts and it's a pretty tight-knit community, uh, especially if they're like uh, comedy store comics. And, you know, they all... A lot of them have podcasts. They do each other's podcasts. And I've definitely heard the name before. Maybe I've even like listened to a podcast with him on it. Um, but I definitely knew knew the name, but I never listened or uh, seen one of his specials. I saw a clip on Netflix when they were promoting it when it came out, and I liked it and decided to give it a whirl. And I'm happy that I did. It was really funny, super funny. Uh, John Mulaney, I thought he was gay. Apparently, he's not. <laughs> he's uh, married with a. Does he have a kid? No, he has a dog. Him and his wife have a dog. I don't think he has a kid. I know he talks about having a dog in one of his bits and having a stroller for the dog. Spoiler alert. But I don't remember if he has a kid or not. Anyway, the special is funny. He, I like his energy. At first I thought he had like a lisp and I thought I was going to like be annoyed by like the way he spoke. Like his, I don't know what the right word for it is. It's not tempo. It's not uh, the way he pronounced things. I don't know what it was, but it wasn't a lisp. And 
I didn't get annoyed. <laughs> I guess I don't know. It was like uh my initial like knee jerk reaction, like why is he talking like that? And then, you know, he just the funny overcame that and just got like used to his energy, like his vibe and shit. Uh he dresses like he's from the fifties, which was kinda cool. Not knocking it, not mad at it. You know, he dressed like uh like somebody from Pleasantville. He recorded it here in New York at uh, Radio City, which was cool. And I liked, I liked a lot that you, there were like a lot of um, like laughing moments. My my wife like literally peed herself. Don't tell her that I told you that. While she was laughing, and we had to pause it. Um, <laughs> but there were that I remember liking were like bits that had to do like with his father and how he used to speak to him when uh when they were growing up when he was growing up he has a really cool uh uh bill clinton story it's definitely definitely worth to watch i recommend it his name is john mulaney and his comedy special is currently available on netflix check it out sneaky pete i told you guys about season one when i saw it sneaky pete is a show that was created by brian cranston from brian cranston for those of you that don't know is the protagonist of the hit classic probably top is in a lot of people's you know definitely top five it's in my top two i would say maybe three but i can't think of anything else right now but um my second favorite show, I would say, of all time, uh, Breaking Bad. And Brian Cranston co-created this show, Sneaky Pete. And it stars Giovanni Ribisi, uh, an actor that I like. I've always liked him since, like, uh, Boiler Room, I think, was the first movie that, like, he really became, like, known to me uh, for. And what else? Like, Gone in 60 Seconds he was in, but, you know, he had a small role in that. Uh, but I like Giovanni Ribisi, regardless if he's a Scientologist or not. And the show, I told you, I told you guys about it. Must I, I must have? I, you know, in previous episodes of the Spontary Podcast, check it out. Check out the back catalog. There's 98 other of these, just like these, similar to these, different formats. But check it out. The first season was awesome. I liked it a lot. I really, really liked the show. And, but it, it it ended on a cliffhanger, but I was curious after the end of the first season, where they would go with it. Like where, like what, what are they going to do in the show? Like, I didn't see like an out for it, like an out. And by out, I mean like a, a way out of the first season and into a show that could, you know, continue for a few more seasons. And they knocked it out of the park with season two. Like, there were so many, like, twists and sharp-ass turns, very similar to the first, to the first season, and, but just, you know, completely different, but similar in, like, its foundation, like, it has to do with, uh, uh, Sneaky, uh, Pete, which is, uh, Giovanni Ribisi's character, kind of, because his name is really Marius, but he takes on the persona of this guy named Pete, and, or the identity, rather. And he's a con artist. So the whole show is about this con artist. So the underlying through line is this guy's a con artist, like always running cons and long cons, short cons. 
and stuff like that. And I I liken it to the movie Ocean's Eleven, like the first one, probably probably all of them, but the first one was the best one to me, and that's what I compare it to, like how they conned the casino out of money, like that type of thing, but just different levels and different layers of that that type of thing of conning like con art shit like different levels of that multiple going on within each individual episode it's a really uh, fast-paced show and a lot happens in each episode so you're not going to get bored with it and each episode you know similar to how like breaking bad was and i'm guessing that comes from like the vibe of uh brian cranston the uh, co-creator of the show who came from doing uh, Breaking Bad, which also each episode like left on a cliffhanger and then another cliffhanger, another cliffhanger. And it just got the, the tension in the show just like built up and up and up and up and up always. And this show is not as much, but definitely has elements of that tension building uh, throughout. And it keeps you completely engaged Has funny parts um and it's more definitely more of a drama and i definitely recommend it. i'm really looking forward to season three whenever it comes out i like that uh it's on amazon it's an amazon original i like the you know like netflix came out and just completely shook up the industry in terms of how movies and tv shows are made with that uh you know binging format and putting putting out high quality shit that rivals network television and 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 uh hollywood movies and amazon is starting to do the same and this is a netflix original you can binge watch it if you have amazon prime and it's dope uh links to it are in the episode notes if you're interested check it out atlanta is a show on fx created by donald glover it's really, really great. It's won all types of awards and shit. And it's in its second season as well. Uh, second season actually just wrapped up uh, last week, I believe. And this was another another show that, like, season two, like, just blew it, blew it out of the water. Season one was awesome, too. Super engaging. Um, I liked it a lot. It felt like what Donald Glover actually sold it as, which I read in an article that he pitched the show as being the black version of Entourage. That show, the HBO show Entourage. Um, He wanted to do the black version taking place in Atlanta instead of a movie star, uh, a a rapper, rap star. That's how he pitched it. That's how it got sold. That's how it was bought. That's how season one felt. Like, it felt like, you know, these young dudes getting, uh, you know, it was three of them, sometimes a, a fourth character, a fourth protagonist, uh, you know, interchangeable, but the core of the group of the quote entourage was uh, three people. I've done episodes about this, this show as well, or season one rather, um, as well in the past, so check that out, but pretty much it's Donald Glover who is trying to manage his cousin which is a local Atlanta rapper that has some like local fame 
but you know still lives in the in the pjs sells weed and then they have his like right hand man played by lakeith stan lakeith stanfield stanfield stan lakeith lakeith something who's super funny and like steals the show he's also in the movie get out and he has he actually has the a movie that looks pretty funny coming out where he's like a telemarketer or some shit and it just looks funny it looks like a like a funny watch um anyway donald glover is kind of like a like a struggling everything goes wrong for him he doesn't do anything to really like help his situation or himself makes a lot of bad decisions type of dude but he's trying to like manage his cousin who's this like local rapper and you know it shows them like struggling within that world and you know they have like little breakthroughs here and there they have setbacks here and there throughout season one so it kind of feels like an entourage you know season two had very little of that i mean it had that as like a a foundational through line but it was i don't want to say it was artsy although although it it was that like to me it was that so why not just say that right it was more like the entire season in and of itself each individual episode was like a mini movie in and of itself while maintaining that like entourage like through line which is like in retrospect must have been like really tough to do but seemed seamless they made it seem easy donald glover and um i know his brother writes writes episodes on it also i think it's his brother they have the same last name stephen glover stephen glover and each individual you could watch each end episode individually and it's like its own thing which is so cool there was an episode with paperboy which is the the rapper of the crew where he goes to get a haircut uh the barbers is doing like a million and one things and it's We've all had like similar experiences to that in the barbershop where the barber tells you, oh, you're next. Oh, no. You know, then, you know, half hour later when he's done, when he's taking mad long with the dude that was in front of you, he tells you, oh, I forgot about this. This guy, you know, it's actually his turn, but I got you right after. And then after that, then he goes to go eat or, you know, I'm going to use the bathroom. I'll be right back. Or let me just make a quick phone call. Or, you know, he's on the phone while he's cutting your hair and he stops talking. He stops cutting for a while while he talks on the phone. And we've all had that's a very relatable type of experience. That episode where Paperboy goes to get a cut is just like an exacerbated version of that. And uh, the barber winds up like taking him with him to like an abandoned house where he winds up like stealing lumber from there because he's going to go sell it somewhere else. And he takes him to his, to his ex-wife's house or ex-girlfriend's house or something like that and starts cutting like this little kid's hair and just like a, a like a bunch of shit like that, like outlandish shit like that. But stays true to that, like resonating um, that that um that experience that's like common to a lot of us that have gone to fucking barbershops so that was funny um what else there was an episode that was cool with his uh donald glover's like 
uh, baby mama and her like crew and had to do with like groupies and like wanting to meet Drake and how people stun online and and it's all fake and a whole bunch of shit like that. Um, that was that was pretty cool. There was one where Donald Glover actually made some dough and uh, he was trying to take his baby mama out for like a nice day. He had a hundred dollar bill, but he would like continue getting like turned down in different places that he went. We went to buy things and they didn't have enough change. Had like they went to the movie theater and the the girl said she didn't have change and then the guy a white guy behind her behind him um went up and bought a ticket with a hundred dollar bill as well but she had change for him and then she called security on him and then they kicked him out and then they went spent the entire show like going place to place and having different instances where he couldn't use his like hundred dollar bill and they wound up going to like a strip club and then they didn't they to change the hundred dollar bill into singles charge them like 40 bucks or some like crazy shit like that and it was just like a horrible night after you know setting off for it to be like a celebratory uh type of type of night but the episode that takes the cake is the teddy perkins episode this must have been without doing any research on it must have been the most talked about episode of the season hands down easily i'd bet on that i myself i saw like a bunch of videos on it and what people thought it meant and it was so fucking eerie and interesting and and it was like a lot of episodes in in this season season two it had to do with like an individual character like the hundred dollar bill one was more donald glover with his baby mama then there was another one that was more donald glover's baby mama with donald glover at some like weird german beer festival thing um the barbershop one was mainly about paperboy there was also another one uh paperboy like running through the woods after he got jumped um there was a this one this teddy perkins one was more of lakeith stanfield's uh character which mainly like focused on him and pretty much the premise was of the episode was that he went to he responded to an ad on craigslist where this dude teddy perkins was selling a not selling giving away a piano that had color color coded keys um for free as long as somebody just came and picked it up and lakeith rented a u-haul and he wanted the piano and he went to go pick it up and he enters this mansion of uh, this uh, teddy perkins dude and he teddy perkins welcomes him in and straight off the bat it's like the twilight zone it's like this guy in a bathrobe that has a sh- a noticeable amount of plastic surgery on his face and he looks pretty much like michael jackson like if you open the door and michael jackson greets you in a bathrobe and he talks weird and and looks funny and it was played by the way by donald glover and for those of you that don't know donald glover is a black guy and um it took me a minute to catch on that it was him but I like at first I didn't I just thought it was 
another actor or some you know another actor with a mask and stuff like that and then i realized it was him and it became like that that much iller the episode and it was just creepy and eerie and it was it had like a get out type of feel and it was like a suspenseful horror mini movie and the only thing i would say that sucks about atlanta is that it's a half hour it's only a half hour it's a half hour show i wish it was an hour show but it is what it is it's a half hour show and it was just creepy and this guy uh teddy perkins was supposedly the brother of this famous jazz pianist while you're watching the episode and hearing teddy perkins describe that you know his brother is he takes care and looks after his brother but his brother had a weird uh, skin condition so he doesn't come out in the sunlight and he's had surgeries and um you know he's in a wheelchair um the the more you hear him describe his brother and stuff like that and you see pictures around the house of just one person like with his father and mother or just like one person you think that or you're led to believe that teddy perkins is the brother is the famous uh, pianist he's just you know has a few like marbles loose and like Eve Stanfield, uh, Stanfield's character, if you watch the show, he's very aloof. He's very friendly. He's very trusting. And, you know, he's, he's very go with the flow. So he maintains that throughout the episode while being in this like creepy, weird environment. So he's like engaging the guy even more, asking him questions and inquisitive about shit and not picking up on the the crazy cues that teddy perkins is is putting out and if you haven't seen the episode i'm going to spoil it so fast forward a couple minutes and long story short teddy perkins uh winds up um like giving lakeith uh I forget his fucking name of the show. Leave Stanfield. Giving Darius. Darius is his name. Giving Darius a tour of the mansion and how he's turning it into a museum for his brother and and just like weird shit. And then Lakeith winds up finally getting to the piano. Um, he starts getting like weirded out by the guy. He even calls like Paperboy and and stuff to tell him about it. And they're like making fun of him and telling him to get out. And they text him, like, Yo, are you dead yet? And he winds up finally getting to the piano and then taking it, trying to take it downstairs to the first floor so he can take it outside and load it up in the U-Haul. And the elevator in the mansion goes down to the basement, of course, creepy. And then in the basement, there's this guy in the wheelchair with a mask on that, like, pops up out of nowhere. And he can't talk. And he writes, like, on a chalkboard saying that, you know, he's going to kill both of us. Um, so you have to go to the attic and get the gun or like some shit like that. So Lakeith, you know, and at this point, me as the, the watcher, you know, thinks that this is just Teddy Perkins and he's like a wild, crazy motherfucker. And Lakeith better get the fuck out of there before shit goes sideways. 
and um he goes back to the first floor has the piano takes the piano outside and teddy perkins car is blocking the u-haul so then he comes back in and he's looking for teddy perkins teddy perkins is in the attic the weird white dude with uh, the plastic surgery and shit he's sitting down in like a lazy boy chair and he's all creepy and shit and um he pretty much pulls a gun out a rifle on darius and takes him downstairs uh, makes him sit down they you know exchange words and uh you know not like fighting words or anything like that but kind of like deep actually societal you know um social commentary type words of how we should treat each other and view each other etc and then he makes him uh put these handcuffs on and right there when you think he's gonna kill darius the elevator opens up and the guy in the wheelchair with the mask that you thought was teddy perkins comes out and uh, teddy perkins is, is surprised so is darius and he shoots does he shoot yeah i think he shoots or stabs or something i think he stabs uh teddy perkins and kills him the guy in the wheelchair kills the creepy teddy perkins dude and then darius is like what the fuck and like before he can even process that happening he the guy in the wheelchair asks darius for the for the shotgun and darius like picks it up you know he's still handcuffed picks it up hands it to him and he asks him for for like the poker from the fireplace oh yeah that's what he stabbed him with he stabbed him with like the poker from the fireplace and killed teddy perkins with that and then he takes the you know he's in a wheelchair he takes the gun points it towards himself and then uses the poker to like press the trigger and blows his own head off that's pretty much how it ends you know there's a few minutes after with darius leaving and shit like that but that's pretty much how it ends and darius freaking the fuck out and it was just a creepy, weird horror movie of a fucking episode. And it was 30 minutes that felt like a two-hour movie. And it was just awesome. The cinematography was cool. It was, like, dark and dingy and fucking weird. Um, it was just creepy. And there was, like, a lot of talk online. And who, who do you think the guy in the wheelchair was? was and who was Teddy Perkins? Was there really another brother or was teddy perkins the same guy like was he the musician um jazz player guy and then the guy in the wheelchair was really his father which was like an abusive joe jackson type of father and he was just like getting revenge on his own father and like beating him and torturing him and shit or was there really um was the story really like he said and that was his brother and he was just uh, like jealous of his brother for being like the famous one and he was following in his father's footsteps and like torturing his brother and stuff like that and then his brother was fed up and got revenge on him and it, it, it's just fucking sick if you don't if you're not into the show atlanta and you're not and you don't think you like you're gonna watch the whole thing just watch that episode it's called the teddy perkins episode it's like episode five six or seven like somewhere in there and it's definitely worth the watch in and of itself. Now, Donald Glover is a really talented dude. For those of you that don't know, he also raps. 
by his uh, rap name is Childish Gambino, which he created actually by using an online Wu-Tang name generator. Like he was at a party with some friends that were using this name generator thing. Uh, Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang Clan, Clan uh, name generator. And it gave him Childish Gambino. And he just, you know, f- fucked around with that name. And he used to make music and rap and like freestyle and shit like that. And he became known and, and good at it. He's clearly a writer and an actor. And he... Uh, he's also done stand-up. He had a stand-up special that I saw a long time ago. And uh, I believe it's actually on Netflix also. And it was it was really good. It wasn't great, I wouldn't say, but it was good. It was funny. I liked it. I enjoyed it. And I would like, if he had another special, I would definitely watch it. So he's a, a multifaceted, like funny, talented dude. He's like what I think people thought Kanye was, but for the for real version. Kanye's a nut job who does okay. He does good music. But I've seen um, like a bunch of interviews with with uh, Childish Gambino, and he's a smart dude. Comes off to me as a really smart dude. And clearly talented. And he has this new uh, music video which I'll link to in the episode notes. Check it out. It's called This Is America. And it was just so good. And it also became like a viral topic of conversation online. And a lot of people trying to like break it down and break down the, not just the lyrics, but just the the video, the the visuals in it, the message, messages. And I got a bunch from it. Um, first and foremost, what something that stood out was like the chords being played in the guitar in the beginning with the guy that's that grabs the guitar and it reminded me of the main song from the movie boyhood which was like a coming of age movie and it was it i don't know it kind of like went with the theme of you know this is america and america is like coming of age and like growing through its its issues um, and this was uh, video was clearly dedicated towards the issue specific to like gun violence in America. And I don't know, boyhood, that boyhood, those like chords that remind, maybe it's not from the movie boyhood. Maybe it's not like the same exact like chords and shit. My musical ear isn't, my hearing palette isn't sophisticated enough to be able to distinguish it but that's what it reminded me of so that's what it made me think of and i related that to america being as a country and its adolescence and you know growing up and doing wild shit like all the gun violence that we have going on in the country and our collective discernment towards it our demeanor towards it there was a lot there's a lot of people that say i don't know if there's a lot of people but I've heard people say that there's a lot of people that say, <laughs> so maybe it's just that person that said that made it up and nobody else has said this, but it kind of made sense to me that the, in the video, Donald Glover or Childish Gambino rather was the distraction 
like he was like trying to distract with the like weird way he was dancing and without having a shirt off and what you're supposed to like pay attention to is like everything going on in the background and i've watched the video a couple times and when you do that you do notice like different things going on in the background that you weren't really paying attention to like the first time around or at least you didn't like catch all of it and one thing namely was uh, a white horse which gallops through the background, which according to Charlemagne the God is from a book that he read. I forgot the name of the book. I didn't like write it down or anything. And that horse is supposed to like uh, symbolize a white horse is supposed to symbolize plague, or at least it did in that book. Uh, so he thinks that it's a reference to that. There was like, to me, like when the camera likes, uh, scanned like the towards the top like people hanging out like in the like the railings and stuff like that it kind of looked like a like a scene from oz like the show oz or like prison shows that have you know like multiple uh tiers where like inmates like hang on the railings and just sit down and like watch look down on other inmates it's kind of like a dingy kind of warehouse looking place if you notice uh, with all the like gun violence and shit like that going on, uh, like he shoots somebody in uh, close blank range, like the guy that that's playing that uh, boyhood guitar riff in the beginning, he's uh, like dancing and in, in like this weird way again, and then I don't know where pulls out a gun and shoots him. And if you notice, like the bodies are just like dragged away, they're like dragged off, they're like treated like nothing. And then the guns, like somebody comes to like grab the guns from him, but he carefully places them in a uh, like cloth and f like folds them and they take it away. And uh, same thing happens with like an AK-47 when there's this, this uh, choir singing and dancing and happy and then he comes comes into the room and he's doing the same and then he pulls out this ak-47 shoots them all kills them and you know the, that the ak-47 they pick it up the same way and the bodies are just like they're like thrown there and that symbolizes how we care more for guns than the bodies like we're putting guns up on a pedestal and protecting them so much but not protecting the people that are losing their lives to the gun violence and how we disregard them and you know care for and show care for the guns so i thought that was interesting um something that i i got from it which i didn't like hear or like read anywhere else that and I, I don't say that to say like i came up with this idea I'm, I'm sure like other people have thought this but just that there's a point like midway mid song where he like the music like chills down he's like pointing like with his hand like in the shape of a gun but he gets like really pensive and then he reaches into his pocket pulls out a joint and then walks out of the frame walks off frame and starts like smoking the joint as he walks away. Then the scene right after that, he like gets on top of a car and starts dancing like James Brown. And even breaks out into like a, a little a bit of a like a James Brown riff. 
I took that as instead of, you know, him deciding to pull out another gun and shooting someone else, he smoked some weed, chilled out, relaxed, and started dancing. And instead of shooting someone. So it's kind of like a nod towards legalizing weed and how it could be like a component to easing up gun violence, you know, like legalizing marijuana um, and gun violence being in part prolific because of the drug trade and like who wants to shoot people when they're high type of thing. You know what I mean? It was a dope song, man. It's a cool, cool, cool video. And I recommend you folks check it out. Now, lastly, and speaking of America, I'm going to segue into a clip from a PBS documentary that is also available on Netflix that you guys can stream. It's like eight parts and each part is like 15 hours or some crazy shit. It's all about New York from the first pilgrim-like motherfuckers that landed here in the 1600s or something like that all the way through to after the Twin Towers, after 9-11. And there's a clip from it that I wanted to share with you guys in a previous episode. I couldn't fit it in. And, or like, the you know, it didn't go with the vibe of the episode and um i'm gonna drop it in now i honestly don't remember what the clip is i'm gonna re-listen to it now as i drop it in to the episode but i know it resonated with me at the time it has to do with america obviously and i thought it was a pretty good segue and i wanted to share with you fine folks i believe it's mario cuomo which was the governor of new york prior to his son who's currently the governor of new york and he says some like deep dope shit. That's all I remember. But I hope you guys enjoy it. Afterwards, stick around, listen to some tunes and some ways that you can help support the podcast. And I'll check you guys out next time. Teilhard de Chardin, great French Jesuit paleontologist and um, a philosopher said uh, that one of the tricks in life is to convert everything into good. Um, He makes the reference to the stone. You're a sculptor and you have a stone and the stone has a scar in it. And well, so now you have to sculpt around that scar and you've got to use that scar to to make it part of whatever it is you're going to produce that's beautiful. And um, work with what you have, play it as it lies, you know. So whatever the circumstance, you know, use it for a good purpose. 9-11, how can you possibly use it for good purpose? You think about it. You think, as uh, we've suggested before, you think about, look, what this reminds you of is the importance of your own life and making the most of it, because you, you can lose it in a flash. And if that's all you learned from 9-11, if that's all you remembered, that, my God, you could extinguish life so suddenly, so unexpectedly, and it could happen to me, and therefore, I should think harder about the way I spend my life instead of just wasting it. Now, it's not gonna teach you what to do with your life, but it will teach you to do with your life and uh, to do it more and quicker and better. Uh, And that can be extremely 
valuable. I, it's had that effect on me. feeling you have on a Monday at work when you have absolutely nothing to look forward to except for lunch? Have no fear, the Midday Monday Boost letter is here. In this short weekly newsletter, you will receive five things. One is a photograph of the week from a photographer, a podcast of the week. I listen to tons of podcasts, dozens and dozens of podcasts, hundreds of episodes, and I cherry pick the best ones and I share them with you here. You'll also receive a video of the week, which could be anything from a rap battle to a TED talk. You receive a quote of the week, something to let marinate in your mind, and a word of the week so that you and I can both step up our vocab. So if any of that sounds of interest to you, check it out. Check out the subscribe page at spuntrade.com forward slash subscribe. Drop in your email address and you'll receive the very next one. For any writers or creatives out there, I have a questionnaire. It's a five-question questionnaire that anyone is free to fill out. It's located at spuntray.com forward slash questionnaire. And what it is, is five open-ended questions related to your craft. It's things like what inspires you to write or create whenever you don't feel the inspiration to do so. What are your favorite apps or tools or tricks to trick yourself into getting into the mind state of actually creating what inspires you etc etc stuff like that and what i do with your responses is share them on a future episode of the podcast now you can choose to remain anonymous if you choose to you have that option right there when you fill out the questionnaire and if you do not choose to remain anonymous i give you a shout out on the podcast and promote for free whatever it is that you have going on so I appreciate you in advance for sharing that with me, as well as the rest of the listeners of the Sponsor Podcast, which would stand to gain from you filling out the questionnaire. Now, you can help support the podcast in a myriad of ways. One way which does not cost you anything and is most popular within the podcasting community is by shopping on Amazon using my affiliate links banner. So the way that works is you go to sponsor.com forward slash affiliate links or just click on the affiliate links tab at the top center of the page and there you will see a banner for amazon you literally just click on that and it takes you to amazon's website where you do your shopping like you normally do it does not cost you anything extra but amazon will give me a kickback just for driving traffic to their website 
So that would be a big help. It literally costs you nothing extra financially, just costs you a couple of extra clicks of your mouse before you do your Amazon shopping. The iTunes banner that's on that same page works the same way. So if you're purchasing music or movies or whatever it is on iTunes, feel free to go through my affiliate link portal there as well. If you want to make a one-time uh, PayPal donation, feel free to do so. There's a PayPal donation button on there as well. Within that same tab, you'll also find a link to the Spun Today Viral Style Store. Now, the Viral Style Store is a store where you can get Spun Today merch, whether it's a coffee mug or a t-shirt that I personally designed. And spoiler alert, I'm no, I'm no Ralph Lauren or, you know, whoever designs Gucci stuff. <laughs> but... I did create the design of those shirts myself. I have a couple t-shirts on there. One that says, for example, right need every day, which is a playoff of Snoop, Dre, and Nate Dogs. Smoke weed every day. So it's right need every day. With like a puff cloud of smoke behind it. I have a podcast versus everybody t-shirt and uh, just stuff like that. So check it out. The link to the viral style store is also there. You can also help support the podcast on a reoccurring basis if you become a Patreon supporter. Now, Patreon is pretty cool, and it there's a little um, video explanation of what it is and how it works, but I'll try to do my best to summarize it here. Basically, you sign on to Patreon, which is a free service, free account, and you can support not just myself, but any other uh, podcasters or creatives that also have patreon pages and you can choose to for example donate a dollar to them on a per episode basis so the sponsor Today podcast has two uh, episodes a month so if you donate a dollar to it it'll be two dollars a month basically and you set it up and it just happens automatically on a reoccurring basis there are zero fees you can cancel at any time no hassle no bullshit and it's uh it's a cool way to help support and is much appreciated and also it's not just like a for example uh a paypal donation which is just that but through patreon it allows the creator in this case being myself to set up a reward system if you will so if you donate a dollar per episode you are considered a tier one supporter if you donate three dollars per episode you are a second tier supporter etc etc and it goes up to four tiers and each tier gets different things like uh tier one gets a free spun today bookmark and a shout out on the podcast tier three gets uh gets those two things from tier one as well as a free writing piece that's not posted on on my website or available to anyone else etc etc so check that out if you will and uh, visit my patreon page at patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash spun today another great amazing way to help support the podcast is to rate and review it this costs you absolutely nothing whether you listen on itunes on stitcher on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, on Pocket Casts, on Overcast, on Player FM, on Google Play, on YouTube, on Tumblr, or if you listen on Podbay or any other of your favorite podcast apps. 
please rate and review the episode. It really is the number one way to help the show gain traction, gain exposure. You know, you could also share it with friends and family and tell them, you know, check out what this idiot is saying. Some of it is actually pretty good or it all fucking sucks and you should listen and laugh. But as long as you're listening, it would be much appreciated. So rate and review the podcast wherever it is that you listen. Follow me on Twitter or on Instagram at Spun Today. Like the Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash Spun Today. Subscribe to my YouTube page as well. All podcast episodes are available on YouTube as well as clipped versions. For example, with the Random Rant episodes, you know, I speak about a bunch of different topics instead of having the full episode alone, which is also available on YouTube. But you also have snippets of the different topics broken up into more digestible chunks. So check that out. You can also support by checking out my book, Make Way For You, Tips For Getting Out Of Your Own Way. It's a quick short read if you're looking for some inspiration and motivation. And you can find out more about it at spuntray.com forward slash books. There you'll find a video of me telling you all how the book came to fruition, as well as a couple of audio excerpts. If you're interested, you can purchase it wherever books are sold. Kindle, iBooks, Kobo, an ebook or paperback format, which you can find on Amazon. Also, for being a Spun Today listener, I can also send you a free copy. Right there on that same landing page at sponsor.com forward slash books. Drop in your email address at the bottom of the page and I'll shoot you over a copy in the format of your choice. And that's all I got, folks. Thanks again for checking out this episode. And as always, substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. Thanks for listening.